Hello, everyone. My name is Linda Killian. I'm a teaching pastor at New Covenant Christian Church in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and you are listening to Inspire. In my previous podcast called Choices, I told a story of the prodigal son spoken by Jesus in Luke 15:11. But today, I want to go back into the story and dig a little deeper. There's so much revelation in this story. Jesus had a way of telling parables that caused those with an ear to hear to ask Him more questions. But then there were those of the law who would get angry with Jesus because they knew He was describing them in those parables. In our last podcast, Jesus has three stories of lost things. A lost sheep that can't get back by itself. It must be found. A lost coin that can be found. It's in the house. It just needs a light shone on it. A son who was lost, but he had to return on his own. The first two stories make it clear as Jesus continues to explain about the sheep and the coin. They represent sinners because Jesus said all of heaven rejoices when a sinner is found. But this story of the lost son is different. I was taught as a child that this son was a sinner having to come to salvation that's not true. The story Jesus tells us here is He's already a son, already in relationship with the Father. What happened when the Son left? He broke fellowship with the Father, not relationship. You can be saved, in the family, sins forgiven, but never be in fellowship with your Heavenly Father. You can be saved, but never know Jesus in a greater depth which draws you into greater union of fellowship with Him. If you love someone, you want to talk to them every day. You want to be with them every day. How can you really find out who they are to you unless you spend time with them? Relationship was sealed for the Son. It was the fellowship that was broken. The Father could not go chase Him down. The Son had to change. Otherwise, he would walk away again and again. Luke 15:11 says, A certain man had two sons. We seem to think only one was a prodigal, but they both were. One stayed and one strayed, but they both wasted it. The younger son said, Give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And the father divided unto them his living. So we see the father gave each son his inheritance. It was the younger son who asked his father for his portion because he was probably thinking, I already know who's going to get the double portion. I already know I'm going to get slighted. It's the way the Samaritans felt, the way the Gentiles felt. They were considered dogs, half-breeds, never going to be included, never going to be counted, And here Jesus is seated with those that the Pharisees would never count, never include. It's so clear, in fact, even the Pharisees prayed this way, I thank you, God, that I'm not a dog, a woman, or one of them. Verse 13, Not many days later, the younger son gathered all of his things together and took his journey. His journey not orchestrated by his father, not approved by his father. This was his decision. 
Now here's what you need to see. If you're going to rebel, you're going to have to pay your own way. It's like Jonah. If God was in control, which I addressed in the First Choices podcast, Jonah would have gone to Nineveh. And this is a perfect example that God is not in control because it says Jonah paid his own fare to get on a boat and go in the opposite direction. Jonah is paying for his own rebellion against God. Ishmael, another example. You can have him, but you're going to have to take care of him, sustain him, pay his way. You're going to have to pay for your own rebellion. God is not under any obligation to sustain what He did not authorize. We might say at times, God, why is my life, my finances, my home, my marriage, my children in such a mess? Where are you? I think the question should be, how much of my own rebellion has caused such chaos and debt? And it says, there He wasted His substance with riotous living. One of the definitions of riotous is the word compromise. And we all know what that means, and we have all at some point in our lives done just that. Proverbs 29.3 says, Whoever loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. When the sacred becomes common, what this son was given was what his father had earned, not him. This was sacred because it cost his father. And Jesus, who is telling this story, knows full well what this inheritance for every person is going to cost him. The reason it's common to the son is because he saw himself as common. The son hasn't earned his father's values. He doesn't know the values that are within his own house. He knows that his father has servants, but he has no comprehension of what his relationship with the father means. If he knew that, then he would know the servants look at him as their master. The son doesn't see himself in that role. And we have to ask ourselves, do we see ourselves in that role? Do we know who we actually belong to, who our father is? Do we know that we have an inheritance? Do we understand fully what was paid for by Jesus? And the scripture says, when he had spent all, it's that coming to the end of ourselves. Talk about the law of attraction. The only thing this son is attracting, and I'm not even sure if they're interested, are the swine. He has disconnected himself from his source of true life. He has a relationship that will never change. But this is what having no fellowship, no source of water flow looks like. You can't get depleted if you're connected to the source. But this son has cut himself off from the blessing. So now he's no longer a river. The flow has stopped. And when that happens to any of us, we get stale and stagnated. You give but nothing is flowing back in. So this son emptied himself and there's always a famine when you choose to do your own thing and rebel. The last verse in the book of Judges says, in that day there was no king and everyone did what seemed right in their own eyes. 
The very next book, first verse, in Ruth says, And in that day there was a famine in the land. One follows the other. The story continues that he went and joined himself with a citizen of another country, and that man sent him into the fields to take care of his swine. The Bible talks about not casting your pearls before swine. In other words, don't take what is precious and make it common. Paul talks about those kinds of people in Philippians 3.18. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, who ends in destruction, whose God is their belly, and His glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. It reminds me of this world today and how proud some people are of their shameful acts. The sun is now eating what the swine won't, the husk, which has no value, no corn. He has no nutrition for his body. It looks like he's eating, he's chewing. You're going to church, but you're not getting anything. You're trying to find something in life that's fulfilling, but it's empty, and it's left you hollow. No nutrients to help you grow in Christ, to become a new creation. I'm sure he drank from the pig's trough, muddy, dirty water, when he could be drinking from the free, flowing water, and plenty of it, living water, at Father's house. How long would he be satisfied living like this when he knew what was at his Father's house? It's the same for us. How long are we willing to stray, paying for our own rebellion when Father God has set you in your path with teachers and mentors and pastors whose lives are flowing with the Word and the water of the Word that you need. Verse 17 is his turning point when it says he came to himself. And that's where we're going to leave it today. Next time we'll pick up with Choices Part 3. I hope you've seen more in this story than you knew originally existed and blessed by it. I hope you join me next time on Inspire, and always remember, God is absolutely crazy about you.